This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A texture from the 985 asks, is there any way that I can get Anthony Davis or his agents on the air for an interview? Um, I would love to have those guys on the air for an interview. That won't happen ever. <laughs> that would never happen. You don't want to talk to anybody in this market, let alone me. It's the way I've been talking about this whole scenario the last couple of weeks. Let's bring on in Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast to talk about it. Jake, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Seth. Oh, you know, just, just another day here in this Anthony Davis soap opera. Are you having fun with this yet? Is, has it become a grind? Is what, What's your take on it here three and a half weeks in? I'm taking a couple of days off here today and tomorrow from doing the podcast, which is normally Monday through Friday, because it's kind of been the same thing the past couple of weeks. But there's a reason for those updates, and that's because, like you said, it's a soap opera that's kind of changing daily, and people come out and contradict themselves. They're trying to put the spin in the media, and no one's looking good from this. So still keeps it, keeps it kind of fresh and interesting every single day. So Anthony Davis, during the All-Star break, he spoke with the media, and one of the things that stood out to me, I just got done talking to Sean Devaney about this, was when he said, quote, I am playing basketball through the end of the season, end quote, a statement there, saying that he will be on the court to anybody who's wondering. Is that true, Jake? Do you believe that, that he will be on the court? Because I find it highly skeptical that a very angry and irate Gail Benson is going to allow that to happen. You know, I'm not sure. I know the team is a little bit scared by what the league could potentially do, whether that's the $100,000 game fine, which we've heard of, which then they kind of walk back. But I've also heard that maybe the league steps in and takes away draft picks from the Pelicans if they do it. So we've still got to see how this goes. I'm sure the league hasn't been happy with Anthony Davis being booed in New Orleans. I'm sure Anthony Davis himself doesn't really like that. You can see he's kind of been rattled by it a little bit. The past couple of home games, it didn't seem like he was prepared for that. With him only playing a, you know, a handful of minutes in the All-Star game with that shoulder injury, there's some definite cover there. Should they want to hold him out? Should maybe he also want to step away from this, start preparing for the offseason in next season? So I think you know this team's going to be looking at all of their options leading up to Friday's game, but I don't know if we'll have a clear answer until then. So one of the things that we've talked about this off the air, Jake, we've talked about it on the air the last handful of years, that one of the – areas that I've just been really disappointed with in the Anthony Davis era is the lack of accountability to him personally himself and from the organization and I guess I just hold out hope that somehow we're going to see some kind of accountability here Jake for his decision to walk out of the Smoothie King Center at halftime I mean I I get it professional sports is ugly uh, it's you know it's not amateur athletics it's it's not how the movies make it out to be this is an ugly business but don't there have to be some kind of repercussions for leaving leaving your teammates hanging mid-game I mean maybe I am naive I just feel like there needs to be some kind of accountability for that 
I mean, certainly, you know, it sounds like Gail Benson was irate after that happened. Um, head coach Alvin Gentry did not know about it, and he was kind of blindsided by that in the scrum after the game. But I think you are seeing the accountability, and that's Anthony Davis being thrown into a position of being the villain that he wasn't expecting to be in, and he doesn't know how to handle whatsoever. It's very clear. You know, I, I'm with you. People can choose how they want to act, but you have to deal with the consequences of that. And there's no kind of having your cake and eating it too, which is kind of what Anthony Davis wants right now. He still wants to be loved in New Orleans, but also still wants to get out of here as quick as possible. Can't have both of that. And you're seeing it. The boos are getting to him. He doesn't know how to handle himself in press conferences. And the prevailing feeling from the media around the league, people within the league that I've talked to with other teams and organizations, look at him as is he, he's a fool. And now he's a villain here in New Orleans. He's burned basically all of the goodwill that he had. This is a guy who could do no wrong here in New Orleans. Like you said, maybe people at times haven't been as hard on him for the lack of winning as uh, we should have been potentially. But now he's kind of going through all of that, and he's dealing with these repercussions, these consequences. And it's the fans holding him to that as opposed to the league or the team. Were we wrong for six years that this was a, the, really the ultimate good guy because he's not acting like a good guy here these last three weeks, Jake? No, I, I don't say that. Knowing him and knowing the people he keeps around him and a lot of the good he does off the court here in New Orleans, I, you know, I'm not going to come out and just be like he's a horrible person. I think you look at this and he chose a course of action and he said he chose this course of action and he was sticking to it. This isn't really the fact of him being manipulated by uh, Rich Paul and Rich Paul doing LeBron's bidding. This is something that Anthony Davis wanted, and he's having to deal with the consequences of that. There's an easy way to kind of get out of this. It's be quiet, close your mouth, and let the team figure this out, step away. I think that'll go a long uh, way towards repairing his reputation. This is a guy who just tried to take control of his career sooner than he probably should have done it. It backfired, and now he's kind of disliked. There's no other way that this was going to play out. As he, when he started to make things as public as they did. With time, it'll go away. But I think you are seeing a bit of his maybe true colors showing out here. I don't want to say he's a bad guy, but maybe there's a bit of petulance there, a little bit of impatience, and just wanting to have it his way, kind of a childlike attitude that you wouldn't have expected from the leader of an NBA basketball team. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing from him right now, a bit of his true colors coming out. It's a familiar voice of Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast, LockedOnPelicans.com. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and he's on Twitter at Nola Jake. You mentioned the, the petulant child uh, aspect and uh, descriptor there. I've used that uh, a few times myself. I'm just curious, Jake. I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Just just your philosophy about professional sports in general. Um, I was having a big self, uh, I guess, come to Jesus moment over the weekend on this as I just kind of sat back with a couple of cup of coffee both mornings for hours and was just thinking about this, just kind of staring off into the street. I'm a, I'm a player's rights guy for the most part. Now, I like that players in the NBA are more empowered than their other um, professional sports counterparts in the NFL or NBA, uh, uh, NFL or Major League Baseball, for example. But when you go and when, when you sign up to play in the NBA, isn't there a realization that when you sign a contract – that you're going to be with that team possibly through the end of the contract and you can't just whine and and throw a tantrum and get out of it? I mean, at some point, in order for professional sports leagues to thrive and to have success and to build the parity across the league, across the country, that you've got to somehow, some way, hold 
professional athletes to the contracts that they sign. Uh, is, am I just am I off base there? And then what do you think about that? No, not entirely. I probably disagree with you too a little bit on it, but I, I am a big players' rights guy, and I think this really comes down to what sort of expectation do you and standard do you hold these players to? Do you hold them to the standard that you and I and all of the listeners kind of deal with in their day-to-day jobs? When you can jump ship to wh- almost wherever you want, your employer can move on from you almost whenever they want, and that's kind of how it goes. And no one usually faults you when you leave and take a better job that pays you more money or that's with a you know better-run company, let's say. And if you hold players to that same accountability here and that same standard, what Anthony Davis is doing is fine. There's people who leave jobs and burn bridges on the way out, and you just realize you're not going to get hired back with that organization. Or if it's kind of a close-knit community of people that work in that similar line of field, you're burning some bridges there too. They may not want to hire you because they've seen how you act at your other employers. I think you're seeing that here. I think if you get players that habitually try to get out of their contracts early – you're going to see teams not want to sign them to long-term deals. You know, maybe all of a sudden it is becoming a risk if a guy signs a four- or a five-year deal with your team because you know he might jump ship. I don't think we've seen anything to that extent in the NBA with a guy just uh, constantly wanting out and bouncing around from team to team to team after one or two years. But when that happens, I think you'll see that guy won't get a long-term NBA deal. So this goes back to what I said earlier, which is, you have to know the course of action you're taking, be really certain of it, and be okay with whatever the consequences might be. But just like in life, there's some people where the rules and consequences don't apply to them or don't hit them nearly as hard because they're so good at what they do. And Anthony Davis is one of that. You know, there's people who kind of are above the norm. It's unfortunate. It's maybe unfair, but it's how things go. And I think you're seeing it play out a little bit here. I have no doubt that everyone who's a fan of the Pelicans right now and angry with Anthony Davis would love to see some repercussions of maybe teams being like, you know what, we don't want to market. Maybe at the end of the day, he doesn't get what he wants. But when he does, and he likely will, it's just going to make him more of a villain, and he has to be okay with that. I think people have to realize, unfortunately, this is just kind of how it goes. Yeah, I think you used the word, you know, WWE about face there on Twitter or something to that effect. I agree. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the general manager search that is officially underway now, Jake. Who do you have at the top of your personal list with this? We've heard a lot of, of David Griffin um, and some other young guys across the league, but who's on top of your list? So without getting into specific names just yet here, you know, it depends on what they want to do first. Are you going to do a complete restructuring, which is what I think they're going to do, and I think you'll see someone come in as the president of basketball operations who then hires the GM, and then the GM gets to make the determination of head coach Alvin Gentry on if he'll stay and be back next year. I think if you kind of go with that dual role, which is what the Pelicans would like to do, given what kind of happened with general manager Dell Demps, he'll report to someone that's not Mickey Loomis who knows more about basketball and can hold the general manager accountable should the general manager not be be doing a good job. I think that's what they'll look to do first. And I think with that president of basketball operations role, they're going to pick a very well-established person in the NBA, someone who carries around a lot of respect. So David Griffin certainly would be maybe a name at the top of that list. You know, you'd like to think maybe Sam Hinkie might get a shot, the former general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, though I doubt that. And then you've got to wonder if maybe they go after, um, you know, a guy like Jeff Van Gundy. Don't make him your GM, but um, put him in kind of in the head of it so he has less day-to-day input on the running side of the team. I think that's what they're going to look to do. This team's trying to kind of shed that 
stigma and that reputation that they care more about the Saints than the Pelicans, you're not necessarily going to do that if you go out and hire a cheap, young, up-and-comer. You need to have a name that kind of commands respect, that gets you back to being a legitimate NBA team, or at least changes the perception of you so that it looks like that, and then you look for the GM who can maybe then be a young, up-and-coming guy. But if the Pelicans want to do this, they're going to need to spend a lot of money. This is going to be an expensive undertaking. And it sounds like with what Gail Benson's looking to do, that's what will happen. What do you think about a guy like Trajan Langdon, who is gaining a lot of traction now over the last couple of days as a smart, bright, young basketball mind? Do you think they'll stay away from a risky but possibly high-ceiling hire like that? I think it depends on who they bring in above him. And I think he would make an excellent GM. The Nets, when you look at the rebuild they've done with virtually no draft picks after that horrible trade with the Celtics for a number of years that really depleted them. They're in playoff contention. They've got an all-star there. They learned how to rebuild by using their cap space as an asset. It netted them a guy like D'Angelo Russell. And they've just gone about everything smartly, smart drafting, smart scouting. And you look to emulate that. So I could see Trajan Langdon being a guy that would be your GM, particularly if you have a very strong and sound and respected president of basketball operations. I'm blanking on his name right now, but it's the assistant GM to the Celtics, Zarin, Mike Zarin, Zarin, who turned down the Philadelphia 76ers job, could be a name like that too. There's a way you can kind of have both, and that's get your respected guy to be the face of uh, of the basketball side, then bring in a young GM who's smart, knows how to go out and get players, is good at scouting, and can help you fill in things that way, and kind of have them both in conjunction running the team. Jake, it'll be fun to watch this all play out. Um, let's get together some X-Wing soon, all right, bud? Absolutely. All right, there he goes. Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast, fellow Star Wars miniature board gaming aficionado. Nola Jake on Twitter, Locked on Pelicans podcast, LockedOnPelicans.com, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Take a break. Wrapping up this hour, two more to go on the last lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.